0: everybody. Welcome to the Hustling Sideways podcast. I'm Alan
1: Hallis. I'm a music writer. Damn right you are. And my (laughs) name is I don't know where that came from. Sorry. My name is Jim and Love, and I am a keynote and motivational speaker uh, for my company called Authentically You.
0: Yes. And we are here. This is episode 13.
1: 13. I had to double check, but yes, episode 13. Which is an unlucky number. So I guess it's 14. But Are we, we like going to do it. that? Like uh, so, episode twelve, and then we'll go to fourteen. No, we probably won't. It's episode thirteen. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It'll be unlucky. Anybody. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll make it work.
0: It's like elevators that do that. <laughs> That's skip the thirteenth. Yeah, floor. we can't
1: stay on that floor. Um, but more importantly, <laughs> I know this will be much later in the summer. Um, but as we're recording this, Bucks and Six. Yes. Yes. Bucks that and happened six is
0: the day after the game that that we were went
1: down, and it was awesome. The city of Milwaukee more alive than i've ever seen it and i'm gonna say my whole life as if i was born and raised here but since i was 18 i, I was gonna say here, i will say it yes i, I was born and it. raised
0: here yes it, it does feel amazing to see the city come to life it's awesome and and really take part in something and and be as interactive with the bucks as i've ever seen
1: and like the coolest team ever most humble team like they're so sure. cool they're so involved in milwaukee they're really good at basketball. It appears. I guess they have a trophy now to you know to, to prove <laughs> that. But I, like they're so easy to root for. And Giannis is 26 years old. He's, good, got, he's got you know 15 more years of yeah, playing. I think a good portion of my day today awesome. has been watching exclusively Giannis and uh, You have to and like content. maybe cry twice, right? I would hope, but yeah, yeah at yeah. least twice. It was just don't... such a it was such a fun night, and so. we're we're so pumped for the Bucks. So if you're a Bucks fan. Heck yes, I know this is already August, whatever it is, when we're going to put this out. But nonetheless, it applies all celebrate off-season. the Bucks all summer, and yeah. it's going to be fantastic. Uh, it, so. so we have a, well, a fellow Bucks fan, I guess, number one. Absolutely. Um, but a very good friend of mine, uh, we have a podcast guest today. And he is Andy Riggs, or Riggs, or Andy Riggle, and we're going to call him Riggs. And he is uh, from 103.7 FM, and also on the side, a men's mental health advocate. We're going to dive into that, Andy Welcome to Hustlin' Sideways. Box in six. Box yes. in six, man. Absolutely. Because no, 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 no. like,
2: I like seeing Giannis. I said this on the radio. I like watching Giannis be cocky for once. Uh, right? It I does was,
1: like, feel he, good. He should have he, that. He, he, he yeah. That. He's have he's your so moment.
0: Humble.
2: He's so humble all the time. I be love
1: cocky. it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lesson for today is just generally <laughs> be cocky. Be humble for a long time
2: until you win a world championship and then be cocky. Yeah. Which like applies
1: it. to, I would say, the majority of us that, you know, you go. just go for well, it. But yeah. it's so true. Like he... He had his mo, and he should stick. Like keep doing that. That's fantastic. Well, actually,
0: when I'm not recording this podcast, I just flex. (laughs) He's just constantly humble, just constantly. I I go up and down Water Street. I'm the guy that Mm -hmm. was like the Phoenix Suns guy that was counting hundreds. (laughs) Suns and four. Oh, that guy. That guy. Yes. Oh gosh, that's that's just me on a normal Saturday.
1: Pretty much any dude you'll ever meet at the club is (laughs) as if I go to clubs (laughs) often. But I'm assuming is is that that guy hundreds? I'm in the wrong business. (laughs) That's right. We're not there. Yeah. (laughs)
0: 20s from the ATM count. If you look, if you put some hundreds on the front and back. That's Anyway, right. Andy, yes. uh, thank you
1: for joining us. yeah sure, thank <laughs> for having me. And yeah. you were at the Deer District last night. I was. That's awesome. I wasn't gonna miss that.
2: Yeah. I love it. I would have. I would have regretted not going.
1: 100. It I think, you, out. I, I
2: think it's. You can do that with life a lot. Like you think you want to do something, and then you don't do it, and you regret not doing it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you miss out on an opportunity. You you would have, should have, could have yourself to death. And being present and in the moment. I'm really all about that. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go. I was right. the best. I was tired. I did the mm-hmm. morning show. I was up at three o'clock, and I was like, "I gotta go. I want to be. I want to witness history happening in in my city." So yep. I'm so happy you did. That's Very awesome. Much.
0: Yeah. Um, I have listened to you on the radio for for many years, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I'm curious as a as a fellow broadcaster and things like that. How yeah. did how did you get your your start? You, Where did you were you a Milwaukee person all the way through and through, or did you get your start in another market? I love this question. I started when I was. Fifteen. Okay. I've been in radio
2: for twenty three years. Wow. Okay. Long time. Very long time. Um I wanted to be in radio because I would listen to the radio and I was always wondering what happens when the guy plays a song? Like he talks, he <laughs> introduces the song now what? <laughs>
0: What's the what's next going step? On? What's,
2: the guy, what's the girl doing in the midday show? Yeah. What's she doing? I'd call her up and I'd be like, hey, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I'm working. What do you mean? What,
1: <laughs> what am I doing? do you think I'm doing? Right?
2: So I went from that to knocking on the door to trying to get in the door to um, doing intern work and grunt work. Mm-hmm. And eventually worked my way up through the ranks. And that was in Indianapolis, Indiana, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Indiana is my home state. Okay, It's where I call home. I've been in Milwaukee for eleven years now, so it's kind of a second home. It's there the it longest, is. This is the longest stint I've ever done in a market. I've been in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Gainesville, Florida, Indianapolis, Indiana, um, and now here in Milwaukee. And
1: how does Milwaukee like compare to those markets? Like like is this like your you know your personal favorite? Like like all all those different places you've been. Milwaukee really. Outside like the nice of the, the horrible winters. yeah. yeah. Other, than, other than that. <laughs> so other than seven months of the year, Milwaukee. Yeah, really other good.
0: than
2: this, the winter and the construction. No, but you get that in a yeah. lot of places, right. the weather. And I'm used to snow being from Indiana. So yeah. um, I got into radio at a very young age, and I've been doing it ever since and never really looked back. So. Wow. Wow. That's a total –
1: that's like a a vocation. I mean, that's really Yeah, I did. I went
2: to a vocational school, actually. So we had a high school radio station, so I was able to be on the radio while I was in high school. A lot of people have the problem when they get out of high school or when they go to college or even when they get out of college. You can't get a job without experience. You can't get experience without a job. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody's uh, faced with that conundrum. It's always – yeah. And I was able to have – you know, air check tapes from doing a show on a high school radio station. So I was going to these commercial stations, like, yo, I've already been on the radio. That's huge. here's what I sound like, and they were like, oh, okay, well, why don't <laughs> yeah. you do an overnight shift, midnight to three? Yeah, here, perfect. <laughs> and I started and just worked your way up. Got to go. That's grind, wild.
1: Hustle, some
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What
1: would you say like your 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 brand is like? Because I know, I mean, obviously, like as like on on the radio and, and people are hearing from you constantly, right? Like every day. Yeah. What What do you think the brand is that you put forward? Like me, like, yes, you personally. I'm just like curious because I have a brand of you in my head, um, which is a super positive one. But I'm curious, like like <laughs> yeah. how how you see yourself and I what your know brand is. What, what
2: you're impressed in my brand I, is me. What it, is
1: it? I think you're really passionate and enthusiastic about where you're at and very present. Which I which I'm glad you said yeah. that when you first started this because I. Yeah. I I totally see you making a decision based off of like I, I need to be there and I want to be president and this is a yeah. moment for me to capitalize on it. And I and you encourage people to do that too. That's yeah. what I see. I exactly. There you go. <laughs> do you wanna be my marketing and branding? <laughs> I professor? was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> sign me up. I just take a contract. But I think it's important because like you know, every every radio, you know, has I can kind of its own brand as a radio, but like that morning show is is really important. That's like that's people's like kind of a sacred part of your day when you're driving somewhere and you really share it with with viewers I can imagine
2: radio is like a companion Mm -hmm. you know it's one of the very few mediums left outside of maybe podcasting and I think radio even paved the way for podcasting yes yeah Uh, That's what podcasting is. It's just Mm
1: -hmm. radio. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We're basically on the radio. That's exactly what it is. There's a microphone
2: here. We're Mm -hmm. talking to ourselves. If there's not three of us in the room, we're talking to ourselves. So radio is just talking to yourself in a room and hoping that somebody's listening on the other Mm -hmm.
0: side.
1: Mm -hmm. That's what it is. That's so true.
0: (laughs) So were you, I mean, you got to start at a young age. Were you always kind of the person that, you know... Wanted to entertain, uh, like growing up. As,
2: as, yeah, I used to dance. There's videos of me dancing, like the California raisins. Remember those? The yep. California raisins, <laughs> yeah. The grapevine. Yeah. I, grapevine. Yep. I yep. always wanted to be the center of attention, and I think that was because I was raised by my grandparents, and I was kind of an only child. I was their first grandchild, mm-hmm. so mm. I was always grandstanding and showing off for them, and doing videos <laughs> and, you know, doing little talk shows. I used to do uh, radio talk shows in my basement on the boombox. I would record things. Yeah. So I've always been. One, to kind of create things and just kind of take people away from the normal everyday life because the everyday life can be a grind for some people. I'm Mm -hmm. very blessed and fortunate and privileged to have a job that's not working, you know, on a construction site. I'm not doing any sort of manual labor. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. my job is more mentally taxing than it is physically taxing. I got to get up at three in the morning. I got to be on top of the game, on top of my game for four or five hours a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's usually some meetings and stuff afterwards, you know, so my days are probably seven eight hours long like anyone's but it's still at the end of the day i get to you know make goofy jokes on the radio rally and (laughs) entertain the city and this morning we had people you were just talking about the bucks Mm earlier we had everybody calling in from the city you know screaming on the radio it was just it was fun to have that keep that you know keep that fire going in the city being a part of that
1: i have to imagine like it's hard like you really can't have a bad day on the radio in terms of like your mood i feel like even if you've had like a tough night like you have to kind of come in and be and beyond and in, in in present and you know listening and in like come up with new you know and engaging things yeah. and that's and mentally taxing is probably the best you know way i could have put that it too. gets hard
2: sometimes <clears throat> when you have really bad things happen in mm-hmm. the world like tragedies national tragedies disasters or you know police shootings that have been in the news a lot mm-hmm, lately right? anything like that because you want to talk about it because you know that it's important it's obviously mm-hmm. but at the same time you realize that people are being bombarded by this stuff right. on news and social media and everywhere so mm-hmm. we like to be an escape from some of that so it, it's it's a balancing act between showing people that you care mm-hmm. and also being an escape as well because people don't want to come and just hear you yelling about politics or government totally or yeah what yeah. should be done or what shouldn't be done and, mm-hmm.
0: and you're kind of in a position too where like there is no off day necessarily like yeah. you know what i mean you can't if something like that happens you you kind of have to address it head on you know
2: exactly 9-11 happens you got to go in and
1: do report a show what happened right do a
2: show and report it to know that you're kind of a companion for people because people are grieving mm-hmm. people are going through things emotionally and you're kind of a you know, sense of comfort for people as mm-hmm. well and that's kind of I enjoy helping people I like talking to people I like listening to people right. more than anything right. I and mean, I talk for a living but I really like listening to people and you know, giving advice and, that's important. and stuff like
1: that and I, so I think like that in, in terms of you know, giving people an escape, you know, but the, also the sense of like kind of being open and vulnerable and like you're there and you're human. And I, and I which I think is helpful with what's kind of your, your side passion and, and, you know, being a mental health advocate and, and particularly with men. And, and, can you talk a little bit of how you got into that and what, and what your journey has been like through, you know, self-discovery? I know you've had, you know, things in your life and experiences and, and how that, how that developed into the passion that it is now for for you. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, like a lot of things in life, you don't really think about them until they impact you. We're Mm -hmm. kind of, we're all selfish like that Mm -hmm. in a way. Exactly. Myself included. And it was July of 2017 when I lost my uncle Rick to suicide. Mm -hmm. It was a really, it it was a shock. Like it still gives me goosebumps thinking about it now because it it wasn't anything that I ever thought would come. It was completely out of the blue. And this was somebody that I'd grown up with uh, when I was younger, my mom's brother. Mm -hmm. And... We were, we would always hang out when we were younger. He was kind of, I didn't have my dad when I was growing up. So it was him and my other uncle were kind of like my dad figures growing Mm -hmm. up. And he was always, always the happy guy, always the outgoing guy. Kind of like I would compare him to almost a Robin Williams. Okay. He was always making goofy voices, (laughs) always the life of the party. Right. And I always thought that's just my fun, goofy uncle Rick. We drank a lot had fun we'd go to family reunions we'd kill a case of beer that's how Rick was <laughs> right, we yeah, had fun right. he would call everybody on their birthday as Donald Duck he did a spot on Donald Duck impression it was <laughs> that's, amazing
1: that's a gift yeah. and
2: realizing after he took his own life and seeing the impact that it had on my family mm-hmm. because we're a very Catholic family mm-hmm. and they don't really want to accept that it's a suicide so, you're at the funeral of someone who took their own life, and there's three different rumors about how he died going around. That was concerning to me that people were so. It was such a taboo thing. Nobody right. wanted to say what it was, like a yeah. big elephant in the room. He killed himself. Like, that shouldn't be hard to say right. what yeah. it was. Yeah, exactly. And it was fascinating to me that it was so hard for people to say that. Um, and then, furthermore, and on top of that, all of the, the darkness that he was hiding inside of him. Yeah. And finding out about that afterwards from my mom and from. My other aunts and people that had wow. talked to him before about this stuff that was going on that he never talked to me about because I was just his nephew. He just wanted to have fun with mm-hmm. me. He didn't want to burden me with his problems right. or really anybody with his problems. He didn't seek help. He was that classic middle-aged white dude that has it all. He was very successful, a banker, um, had a beautiful has a beautiful wife, three beautiful kids. They were all going to like LSU and Tennessee and Boston College. I think they all went wow. to amazing yeah. colleges. So. On the surface, you think, this guy's got it. I mean, he's right. got it going on. But like a lot of people, we put on this show that everything's okay mm-hmm. on the front and on the outside. But what's going on on the inside? What's going on in the, on the in the brain and in the mind? And I started doing a lot of research into it, and I found some comfort with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Uh, the fall after I lost my uncle, I went to an out-of-the-darkness walk here in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the walk, I saw that there was a couple thousand people there, and I was concerned, I was like, there should be way more people here, I mean, people need to be talking about this, mm-hmm, yeah. and I was like, "How?" I, and I work on the radio right? at Wait, this time, I was like, yeah. I work on the radio, why did I not know about this event, I had to mm-hmm. like, look for it, so I went and I found Gina Orlando, who was the walk chair at the time, and I said, hi, I work on the radio, I just lost my uncle to suicide, how do I get involved with this, how do we get involved with your organization, how do I get the word out, because mm-hmm. I know this impacts a lot of people, and... This should be 10, 15,000 people, not a couple thousand. I feel like a lot more people should be here. Right. And she was like, okay. So I got on board and <laughs> I was able to chair the walk a couple of years ago and help them have one of their biggest years ever. And I started it's using awesome. my voice on the radio for an influence. And I thought if I'm going to be on the radio and I'm going to have a platform, I could use it to tell jokes and be goofy all the time, which is good, but I could also use it to talk about something that impacts everybody. And that's mental health because we all deal with mental health, mm-hmm. even if yeah. you don't think that you i don't think everybody like has clinical depression or mm-hmm. clinical anxiety or you know eating disorders or anything like that some yeah a lot of people do but some mm-hmm. people just deal with it in little spurts so it's something that literally impacts everybody and yeah. that's kind of where my passion started from and it's just snowballed into more and more involvement and i've eventually i've now started my own company i can get into that a little bit later yeah yeah that'd um, be great of involving mental health and that's where my passion has come from and it just hasn't stopped and the fact that it was my uncle mm-hmm. um, who was a man and then probably the next year in october i lost two more friends to suicide men both of them mm-hmm. same situation where i saw everything on the front that was fine I Didn't know what was going on on the inside right. there was one of them where i was pretty sure that there were some issues and i had a lot of conversations about him he had come out to one of our out of the darkness walks even and mm-hmm. had donated to my team Yeah. And he had some demons and there was a Facebook post that was very concerning one day and I tried to reach out and he had had taken his own life. It was too late. And that was like, how many more times does this have to happen? Yeah. Uh, When people are just burying things inside where they get so, so lost in their own emotions and their feelings that they don't get it out, that they just implode and they take their own life they don't know how to stop the pain exactly that's the only thing that they know how to do yeah uh, it's impossible to get in the mind of somebody who has taken their own life and the ripple effect that it leaves behind is really it, it's huge like mm-hmm. for every suicide there's 175 people that it impacts on average 175 people for one person right that's just a, a ballpark number right, right. yeah we think yeah. of how many friends and relatives mm-hmm. and families and acquaintances and co-workers that everybody has yeah so
0: yeah and i think social networking you know kind of magnifies that when you see how many people you you're connected to Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. social Um, media does that exact same thing yeah um i i'm interested because you you did bring up a good point about being you know you can be on the radio Mm -hmm. doing the the fun energetic stuff and the radio station that you're on is very much a you know it's a pop station it's a top 40 station so there's a lot of upbeat music Mm -hmm. a lot of you know um i don't want to say like sugar-coated but like you know there's a lot of pop you know pop music we're we're a release um yeah so was it hard when you first wanted to you know use your voice and get that out there get information about something that is not a light fun poppy sort of subject to talk about by any means was it hard to kind of transition into saying okay how do i make this you know
1: Relevant to yeah. my listenership is that like a conversation you had to have with like management to, to like I'm just curious, like yeah. or is that just that's just you doing you and no it's just to... I and
2: mean, Ali and I both we're just we're we're us we we talk about our lives mm-hmm. on the radio and mm-hmm. it was I mean it was hard to talk about my uncle and I talked about it on the air and I mean like anything in life when you're scared to do something there's the fear that's there right yeah and you don't do something because you're afraid but mm-hmm. if you push through that and you are rational about things when you through that fear, on the other side of the fear is knowledge and a lot of comfort as well, and a lot mm-hmm. of relief mm-hmm. because you've gone through that fear, and you've—I skydive for for fun. That's right, like one of the things that I do all the time. And the first time that I did a skydive, I felt that because I had the fear. You know, you're in an airplane, thirteen thousand <laughs> feet. There's nothing wrong with the airplane, but you've now strapped <laughs> yourself to a complete stranger and you're jumping out of the airplane.
1: It really is a wild concept, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. My goodness,
2: yeah. But once you push through that fear and you experience the magic of, like it feels like flights, mm-hmm. honestly. If, I don't know if either one of you have done a sky I haven't, before. but I want I to. I have yeah. not.
0: And the fear is definitely there. <laughs> but it sure. is. Um, that's my ultimate form
2: of self-care is skydiving, mm-hmm. honestly, because that's that's like the only time when you can be 100% in the moment. I can't think of anything else where you. It's true. Nothing else matters, but that moment, that present moment right there, because. You can't think about anything else. I don't have time to worry about my right. bills. I don't have time. Yep. To worry I about. Say, yeah, I was gonna say,
0: yeah, I don't think you're you're concerned about your phone going off. Right. When, yeah. you know, like
1: when you when you landed after your first one, were you like, this is it? Like I'm in. Like Did yes. you feel like you really felt yeah. that? My wife attachment. checked it off her
2: bucket list, and I said, I want to do this as much as I can, as long as I can. That's I awesome. It. I want to learn how to do this on my own, and it's really, um, it's it's been a, a great. I think it's. Maybe even save my life in some ways because mm-hmm. it's kind of brought me out from a lot of dark places. Because I can go out there and I can cut it up with some friends mm-hmm. and enjoy a skydive. And once you realize the simplicity of a parachute and like you learn about skydiving and how like it's, a parachute's designed to open, like all, right. a lot of the yeah. fear is removed yeah. from the whole situation. So pushing through that fear to the other side. And going back to you know, talking about my uncle on the radio, uh, once I did push through that fear afterwards, I was like, Wow, that was that was heavy and the phones blew up. I'm sure.
0: I was going to yeah. ask you that too yeah. cuz I was going the to say the response to that. take but right. there's yeah. feedback from that too. And
2: the response that I got from that in text messages and social media messages, I was like, wow, and other people, my my father died by suicide, my mom took her life, my sister took her life. That's thank you for talking about this, my, my struggle with depression, I have anxiety. Thank you mm-hmm. for talking about mental mm-hmm. health and Allie and I were both like wow that's it that, that went a lot better than we thought right i, I told her it's what important. happened and she was like well, well we need to talk about it right i actually went in the day that it happened because wow. i my mom called me at four o'clock in the morning when it happened and i was on my way into work and i went into work and i was glassed over face and he was like what? what's wrong i was like I, I my uncle he's he killed himself yeah and she was like, wow. why are you here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. Well, I was like, well,
2: there's nothing I can do right now, so I'm going to do the show, and I think I should talk about it. Yeah. And that's... I did. And it was it was real, and it was raw, and it was emotional. And I didn't I didn't really cry or anything. I mm-hmm. didn't cry at his funeral. And right, right. That's another thing about men. Don't be afraid to cry. Yes, I, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But the response that we got afterwards just really solidified the fact that this is what I need to do. This is, this needs to be a big part of my life mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. make breaking that stigma around mental health and letting people know that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And it's okay to talk about your emotions and your feelings, especially men, especially men, because we're always, I'm fine. I'm okay. Right. I'm good. All right. We I'm always, good. everyone has an excuse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like we all do. Nothing
2: brings more joy to me than when I say to a friend, How's it going? How's, how you been? And they go, Not really good. Well, what's up? Let's talk about mm-hmm. it. What's happening? Mm-hmm. Oh, my girlfriend and I—we got in a fight. She was—we you know, were arguing because she was texting somebody and blah blah blah. And so then we have a conversation, and afterwards, my buddy's like, "Wow, thank you for thank you for talking to
1: me about it." Feel a lot better. Yeah. yeah, that's important. So that's awesome. I mean, like the the ability to to connect with someone, and I, I I'm with you because I think the routine. And I always joke around about this, but like being in the office, hey, good morning. How are you? Fine. Thank you. How are you? Great. Have a good day. You know, like we always say. It's an that,
2: automatic response. Yeah. And have.
1: it's almost, it's like a, like a muscle memory in a way. And, and, um, and it really shouldn't be, you know, and yeah. I, I don't know if the office is the best example, but you know what I mean? Like just generally like, oh, I'm good. Like busy. You know, how are you? You know, it's like, actually tell us how, you know, the new question
2: I've been asking people, I, I will literally say, how's your mental health?
1: That's great. Yeah, I like that because a lot. you can't escape that. Right, right? You, have you have to. to give you a have real to at answer. least think about it, and mm-hmm. you can
2: you can lie to me about it. Yeah, but then you're making it worse for yourself. Exactly, but it's in, it's in a way to open the door. So, mm-hmm. how's your mental health? Is a great question to ask people, especially now because a lot of people are talking about it more.
1: Exactly, and I, I will. So I'll revert now. Um, in in a one time where you and I actually worked together was yeah. uh, so last November, um, in 2020, which was you know of course obviously just a heck of a year for a number of different reasons. But yeah, I really wanted to have a night. Where people, you know, shared stories and and then connected with each other. I was like, I don't know how to do this, but like, there's got to be a way where, you know, virtually we can get on and talk about stories. So I reached out to Riggs and two of my friends, Kira and Kelsey, who I I know listen to this. So shout out to both of them. But got together and talked about. I was like like i want to call it like you're not alone and i think what you just mentioned you know in terms of when you when you shared your story and you had all these listeners reach out and all these people that related to you you know it like that's a big deal and they real i think them realizing particularly for someone with a platform like you that like oh like we really have a lot in common like i'm not alone in this way and i feel like that's the human element of it all you know and so we had this night shared our stories, people got deep and it was awesome. And I, and I, I've heard so much feedback about, like we should do this every year, you know? And, and I would love to do it in person, like get people together and just like have a night of connection. Cause I, in particularly with men, of course, like we, we just don't, we don't do that. And I think like, and I'm an Irish Catholic, you know, who's taught to, to really throw anything under the rug and, and move on and, you know, have another beer and, and, you know, let it whatever. Like, that's really like how my, you know, my, Roman Catholic my, 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 here. Exactly. Yeah. Go pray it away. That's it. You know, and, in in um, there's a, I think there's a, there's an openness and a powerness and really like a, a sense of, of human connection when you can actually talk and say how you feel. And, yeah. I think, yeah, and, and, and again, men just like don't have that area to do it and you in your ability to actually explore it and find, I know that you did research and actually found ways of why this is important and, and actually the element of a brain about, I mean, it's just really, it's really fascinating to me. Men are afraid to be weak.
2: They're yeah. afraid of being yes. perceived as weak mm-hmm. and unable to do things on their own. And exactly. you think that if I have to ask somebody for help, mm-hmm. I'm incompetent and I'm failing as a man. If I have to ask someone for help, this is why men never ask for directions. Women always <laughs> give us crap for not stopping and asking right. for directions. <laughs> right. This is exactly why that stereotype exists because yeah. we don't want to reach out for help. We think it's a sign of weakness when mm-hmm. in fact it's the hundred percent opposite. Quite literally. Yeah. Reaching out for help mm-hmm. is one of the strongest things that you can do. You think Giannis Antetokounmpo plays amazingly by himself no, he's got strength and conditioning coaches. He's probably mm-hmm. got a shooting coach. He's got every people around a team around him. Yeah. Of course, he has a great amount of natural talent mm-hmm. that comes with him, but there's a lot of people helping him and supporting him, and he's probably asked people for questions like, how, how do I do this? How can I improve my free throws? My free throws suck. <laughs> and he went to somebody and he said, help me get my Let free throws. And yep. then 17 free throws he makes in the last one. He didn't do that just because he was sitting by himself. I Pretty guarantee Giannis reached out and asked somebody mm-hmm. for help. So reaching out for help. Even if it's not to a therapist or a psychologist, even just to a friend or your spouse, your, your partner, reaching out and just asking somebody, hey, can you help me with this? Um, I've been really dealing with some feelings. Is this normal? Have you ever felt like this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's so strong. That's, that makes you such a better person. It really does. I so agree. Never be afraid to like be perceived as weak by doing that because you're not.
0: Yeah. And I think that's part of growing up as a boy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like. your dad or whoever father figure in your life generally is the one that is like shows you how to do things. Mm -hmm. And they never really probably are the people that ask you those sorts of questions, Mm -hmm. you know, how, you know, and if you're just supposed to figure it out. So I, I know that's something that I personally was kind of always like, am I supposed to feel like this? Is this normal? Like, you know, I I'm sure there are thousands of guys that have that exact same complex of like what, you know, you don't ask for help, because you don't think you're supposed to ask for it. Right. but exactly. nobody tells you what to do, so you're just kind of like, "This is you figure it out." Yeah. You know, you yeah. bring up
2: a good point and think about our fathers. Mm-hmm. Like we're all pretty much the same age here. Mm-hmm. Our dads all come from that era mm-hmm. where you don't talk about that. Right. You're just going through something. Yeah. You know, you don't tell somebody you have depression. You don't mm-hmm. tell somebody you're sad. You tuck that away. You deal with that. Go yeah. cry in the corner. And,
1: nor do you even like acknowledge that you have the feeling. You know what I mean? It's right. almost. It's almost like like. That like wipe that away, get work done, move it's, on. It's you all know? of our parents right. and that whole yeah. the whole generation above us, be mm-hmm. it generation what
2: was it, be generation the boomers, what's after boomers?
1: Uh, is that X? X Gen X yeah, I, I believe that's Gen like, X. Yeah. Gen yeah. X, yeah.
2: Like the, that whole generation mm-hmm. was so in the dark about mental health and mental illness and that was like get locked away in a loony bin that put right. you in a straitjacket. jacket that's the kind of mentality that yeah. mental health used to have that's what our parents dealt with and that's mm-hmm. how they perceive mental health you know if you're depressed you're anxious you're just crazy we're gonna right. lock you away in a room you're yeah. not gonna have your job anymore we're gonna take away all your belongings and yeah i gonna pump you full of meds and you'll be in a padded so, room like, for the rest of your you life you can't be that guy right you know? right like and that's what yeah that's, exactly. and then they drill that into us as kids so now we have an entire generation suffering because of how our parents were ignorant to it and that's not mm-hmm. our parents fault right yeah because yeah, they, weren't, they weren't educated yeah. on it either. So, yeah. I th- I thank you for bringing up the dad thing because yeah. I think we all have a little bit of, I think all men have a little bit of a dad complex. Absolutely. Because like, you always want to impress your dad. You want to make your dad proud, mm-hmm. or be it in a sporting event or, you know, bringing home the girl from prom or something like yeah. that. You don't want to yeah. you impress your dad and you don't want to let your dad down. And, I think my dad kinda of drilled it in too, you know, mm-hmm. like it laughed at me when I cried at E. T. And I was like yeah. I went in my room and cried and I'm looking back, I was like, Why would you yell at why would you laugh at your kid right. crying at a totally. movie? Yeah, even and it's
1: small, it, like you don't even think about small little, things you'll never forget. It is you know, little. Like, that, and I never yeah. forgot that. Yeah. I never exactly. did. And exactly. ever since
2: for a long time I had problems even crying about anything. I was yeah. like, oh, I gotta choke this back. I don't
1: wanna I don't want to yeah, See, I which had is why weak. like fear strong. I think making small comments of affirmation now. Is so important. So, like when you ask your friend how's your mental health, or just generally being there and like one small thing that someone won't forget, but like you give them the openness to share whatever that is on their mind. Yeah. So, like always affirming, and you have, I think, what's cool about that you can do that every day. Mm-hmm. Like small it takes five seconds, affirm someone or hear them, right, or give give them a way you know to talk to you, whether it's over text. But like the more we can do that, because that that's like a tangible thing that you can do. It's just every day. You know, whoever it is, give, give them room to talk and, and room to chat, you know, men or women, you know, whomever. Right. And like, like, th- that's how you can really build a culture of, of sharing and being open in connection. And then people are like, why? Well, I'm not afraid to do it anymore. Like, I can actually talk to someone and say how I feel. And, you know, it's almost like a, like a, like a universal, you know, therapy. You know I mean? Yeah, when you bring yeah. it, like, like allow people to, to. Be open and have a culture in which they can feel comfortable in doing so, and then yeah. be affirmed, right, in, in doing it. Like your your opinions valid and your feelings are valid. Let's let's walk through it and see how we can get better. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. which which I think is big.
0: Um, to shift gears a little bit, you said you've got a company that mm-hmm. you've you've created now around kind of mental health yeah. awareness. Uh, let's let's talk about a little bit what you know what it is that you're you're doing there. Sure.
2: Um, I went back to college this last year, mm-hmm. and I got my uh, my my degree in non-clinical psychology. Was awesome. Something that I really wanted to do. It's one of those things that I started going to college and I had like a $70,000 hole in my pocket, but nothing to show for it because yeah. I didn't have a degree and it was just eking at me. Yeah. So I finally found a way to buckle up the time, buckle down with some time. Thankfully COVID happened mm-hmm. and we weren't doing anything with the radio. We didn't have all of our events canceled. Public appearances canceled. Concerts, yeah. you know, you all lived it. Right. We all lived it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I got this extra time on my hands. People were talking about going back to school. I had a friend that went back. He was like, oh, I'm going to go get my master's. And I was like, I could, I need to go finish my degree. So I started going back. I finished my degree. Um, but I'm I'm kind of far away from getting a doctorate. And I was like, I could spend another five years in school right. and going through clinicals and things like that. And I was like, that's I really want to get into psychology because it's fascinating to me and that's my passion. And I want to be able to help people but how can I still do that without going further into debt and wasting a bunch of time in class? It's not to say that theres it's not important mm-hmm. to psychologists that do that because it is very well needed. So... I also realized that there's still a great amount of is that going to be
1: on the oh podcast? we got a we got a plane in the background we do have a plane we live very <laughs> close to <Southwest, laughs> the uh, airport <laughs> that's the yeah it's <laughs> the eight forty five to Tijuana ah yes yes great radio <laughs> we're good yeah <laughs> but I also
2: realized that there's there's still a great amount of stigma around seeking out a therapist and visiting mm-hmm. a psychologist or a psychiatrist yeah people are still very timid to do that but on the other side of that. Burying things inside and not talking to anybody isn't an option. No, and there's not really a land in between where you can just seek out some help and just help somebody help. Go to someone to help, kind of, kind of sort out your mental health. So I had the idea to um, get my certification in mental health life coaching. So I'm getting certified in what's something that's called positive psychology, which oh, awesome. uh, it focuses on human flourishing and. We always, it was designed by a psychologist who was the president of the American Psychiatric Association, American Psychological Association, and he was getting sick of people just treating illnesses because... You keep treating illnesses and you don't really get better. Right. They don't go away. You're lawyers. just yeah. living with it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, there has to be a way to kind of get people to see the good inside of them and focus on the good and put a spotlight on what you're really good at and mm-hmm. what you're good at flourishing and how you want yourself to be and focusing on that. Sure. Uh, so my idea is to have a company. It's called it's called Hearthead that we've started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're launching this fall. And it's mental health life coaching, which is kind of a, it's a niche that I haven't seen anywhere. I've done some research yeah. on it. There's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of life coaches out there that focus on management, fitness, eating, uh, leadership, and mm-hmm. things like that. But mm-hmm. there's nobody that really focuses on mental health. So with Hearthead, we're going to not only offer mental health life coaching to people who feel like they need to talk to somebody, but they're not sure if they want to go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And we're kind of a liaison between the two. We're going to wow. work with behavioral clinics also. So if you're coming to me and it sounds like there's a lot more that you're dealing with and you need to do some digging. And I feel like, I feel like you might have some signs of depression, but I'm not qualified to diagnose you with that. But I know someone great that you would fit well with because I now know your personality. I can pair you with somebody at Rogers behavioral health or from Mm -hmm. another clinic or somebody else that can help you go a little bit further. And if there's maybe a prescription that's needed, if it's a severe disorder, then Mm -hmm. they can help as well. But helping people get that help that they need. And I think not everybody. I don't think everybody needs to see a psychologist. I don't think everybody needs a therapist. Right. But I think everybody needs to talk to somebody. So that's where we come in. We're kind of the bridge between not talking to anybody and seeing a doctor. So, yeah, yeah, it's that's
0: kind great. of like a partially a middleman in the sense of being yeah. like a mediator, mm-hmm. but then also like being a matchmaker too. That, like you said, if if it is something that requires a little bit more of an intensive care. Um, you can you can provide somebody. You can provide a contact for that sort of thing.
2: And I know a lot of people have heard of, for the grapevine that people are. On waiting lists for psychologists, and oh, yeah. wow. it's taking a while for people to get in. and Psychologists are getting burdened down, especially right. with the last year that we had. I can imagine. Yeah. People's demons started to come out in this last year, and people are dealing with, you know, social anxiety, especially mm-hmm. going back out into mm-hmm. the world because yep. people are afraid that they're going to get sick and they're going to die all the time, everywhere. There's some people that are to an extreme where they won't even leave their house. Right. Right. Getting to those people and reaching out to them and getting them back into a sense of normalcy is is what a lot of these psychologists are dealing with. Yeah, and I think
0: that that is actually part of it, partially a generational thing too, Mm -hmm. as well as that therapy was also kind of in that kind of same lumped um, thought of mental health of like, if you need therapy, there's something wrong that has pushed you there. Yeah, In mm-hmm. like you something know? like really bad. Right, like you
1: got to be at your wit's end. Oh, here in therapy. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like the, all the deep end. Oh, exactly. And yeah. I mean, when I was like in sixth grade, if I heard that, I'd be like, something went wrong. You know, right. like not realizing like if you just want to talk, you're like normalize it. And people don't
2: realize that you don't have to be in crisis to exactly. see a therapist. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, not you at go, all. You can yeah. go see a therapist on a good day. Yeah. And that's some, one of the best things you can do is mm-hmm. to see a therapist. If you have a therapist, see them on a good day. Exactly. I've had friends that are like, "I skipped my therapist. Why? Well,
1: I'm having a good day. I'm you know, a good it, week. it's funny you say that. So I, 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 you know, I, I haven't gone in in a little while, but um, I've had the same therapist for on and off for about ten years. Yeah. And and I was going on a good day, and this yeah. was the end of 2019, and I was there, and we were just kind of chatting, and I mentioned like you know these dreams I was having. There were nightmares, et cetera, et cetera. And and I, I sort of like well, she's asked me questions back and forth, and I had a breakthrough. Um, on a good day where, where I, I I, it was a power of forgiveness I didn't know I needed to forgive like myself for something I, I thought I had done wrong when I was 22 and I was 29 at the time yeah. and so therapy on a good day led to an amazing thing that I didn't even know was I guess low hanging fruit if you will from, from my mental health and I, sure. I went home I wrote a letter and it, and, it, and it, it's now in my keynote like it's something I added in and it was all because therapy on a good day <laughs> like, which yeah. I think is pretty incredible and I didn't realize that too. you just said that I was like I, I almost didn't go that night I was yeah. like I'm good and then I went and then ended up being one of the best meetings i've ever had in 10 years so yeah. um yeah i'm i am i am over here saying like yes Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's i yeah. think it's really important so, yeah absolutely and it's interesting so we're kind of on the
0: opposite ends of the therapy mm-hmm. spectrum of things like you you go regularly mm-hmm. i am of the belief that i should be going and i don't you know like mm-hmm. like you said everybody should benefit from from talking but i am still i guess I'm probably your your core client because I'm like <laughs> this is it, yeah. I'm right in that that space of like I should go I know I should talk you know about yeah. whatever um and and I just never get over that hump of like okay I should make the call or I should Google the person right. or whatever.
2: And you may not be to a point where you need to see a therapist. You may just need a day where you're like, God, what is going on today? I yeah. want to talk to somebody, but sometimes you're not comfortable talking to a friend mm-hmm. or your wife or your significant other. And you just want to get an unbiased third party mm-hmm. just to kind of vent some stuff out. Right. And that's where somebody like us, uh, people like us can help that's making huge. it accessible and affordable and, um, available.
1: That's big. And, and I, I'm now, like you said, like with all you know, therapists and like, I can imagine what waiting lists look like, you know, after a lot of people, thankfully, you know, sought it out and were having you know, and, and we're home and in their own heads and realized, like, okay, hey, okay, it's time to talk this out and now that there's a list, I mean it's yeah, what what better of a time to, to, to come out and have this Extra party you can talk to and, and ho- hopefully be matched up with someone that can help even more.
2: And how nice is it for the psychologist if I can take on a client exactly. that you have that's waiting for you and mm-hmm. I can kind of suss out everything, give them a set of notes that says, hey, here's what this person is dealing with. Yeah. Here's what I think you do a little bit more, you know, of your further digging. And totally. Kind of help, you know, kind of set that up for them almost like an alley-oop of mental yeah, health. Yeah. There it
1: is. Yeah. Another basketball punt. That's
0: awesome. That is, yeah. Maybe that's the, the special is the alley-oop special. I that set you it. up and then, Yeah. 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 Um, I like that for sure. Um, do you run into, would you, you think potentially you'll run into any kind of issue of like a, a, a mental health professional being like, hey, kind of don't take my clients necessarily? That's, um, not, that's
2: not what I'm out here to do. Right. I'm sure, yeah. But I, I thought about that as well. And I'm not going to go on like a pill for somebody's list. Right. I mean, I'm going to kind of do my own thing and work with other behavioral clinics. I know Rogers is one of the ones that I'm talking to about mm-hmm. possibly working with. I haven't really had an f- official conversation with them, but I have kind of pitched the idea out to them. So, awesome. yeah, um, they're a great organization. There's a lot of behavioral clinics. I also understand that I'm a white dude too, so there's right. a lot of people that may have issues and help that I can't deal with. I can't relate to a black person. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've never. I haven't dealt with racism. I've right. not dealt with some of the things that people who don't look like me deal with on a daily basis so i, I work with psychologists of you know of, of with black people that i can say hey, you know what i can't help you i know that you're going through something right now but here's somebody that looks like you that can help you that knows the path that you've walked mm-hmm. that can empathize with you and go along because it's, it works like that with really anybody think about police officers mm-hmm. firefighters um, veterans military people yeah a veteran's not going to listen to somebody talk to a reg- regular average joe about a ptsd yeah. situation but right. they're going to listen to another veteran because there's that immediate connection right away walk that yeah. walk together you know you you look like each other you've probably had similar life experiences mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. police officers have the similar life experiences mm-hmm. they want to talk to another cop or somebody that's walked the line of a first
1: responder so and you having those resources is, is huge as you grow your network and absolutely having people they can go to. And I, yeah. I I mean, I'd, that would be—that would be here If I was on the fence, you know, in in sort of like oh, I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I would I would reach out like that. It was a great place to start. And yeah. what's the worst that happens is you have a conversation and you're like, well, maybe this wasn't, you know, and yeah, then that, you it. move on with yeah. your life. Exactly, everything's fine. No harm, no yeah. foul. So, yeah. in in terms of your your own mental health and in in, yeah. in some of the the ways, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. What 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 are some You know, one or two daily things that that, that you do that really help you center yourself. You know, whether it's meditation or reflection. You know what what are what are some ways for for listeners maybe who are thinking about like how can I start getting into this and and you know what 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 are ways I can wake up tomorrow and I could start doing something that that will help me think about it more.
2: Um, Going back to what I said in the beginning, I I find a way to always in, in my I kind of meditate and kind of do some deep breathing, and I always try to remember that happening right now matters the most. Mm-hmm. I can't change what happened in the past. Yeah. And I can't control what's gonna happen in the future. You just can't. You don't have a time machine. You can't. You can't foresee the future. Nobody's a a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. But you can control what's happening in the now and how you react to things in your life. So if something's bothering you, a person in your life is bothering you, you have an issue with somebody. They're just they're getting on your nerves. Are they getting on your nerves, really? Or is it something inside of you that's bothering you? Is it the way that you're reacting to this person? Does maybe that person have something that they're struggling with that now you are now reacting to them? So it's nothing that's wrong with your conflict with one yep. another. It's just how you're reacting to that person and being able to go, wow, that's I, I can just be in this moment right now and realize they're probably dealing with something that mm-hmm. I don't know about. Why do I need to have any sort of angst or you know ill will towards anybody? Right. So kind of being present and in the moment I really try to do that a lot in life because it's huge for yeah. so long I was dwelling on the past of mistakes that I had made I and mean, I made a lot of stupid decisions I think we all have but, right but I yeah, dwelt yeah, on them. I, I dwelled on them for a while mm-hmm. I, I worked at some in some radio stations that were some really toxic work environments mm-hmm. and I look back and I was like, wow, some of those were really toxic work environments but some of those was also me and how I was reacting to situations because life is what do they say? It's eighty uh, percent. What happens to you? Eighty percent. What happens to you and how you react to it? I forget the eighty uh,
1: percent. No, hold on. Eighty percent. How you react to it? Twenty percent. What happens? Twenty
2: percent. What happens to you? Eighty percent. How you react to it? Yes,
1: exactly. Or Yogi Berra would say it's 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 eighty percent. What happens to you? Fifty percent. And the other half yeah. is is.
0: is how you well, I'm glad you. we worked that one. out. Yeah, that yeah. worked out well. I don't doing, so we not math. Well. We don't we
1: don't claim to be math guys, so we're good. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. But, that but it's great. really yeah. all about how you react to
2: things and how mm-hmm. you react
1: to things in your life. I mean, you can then control that. So Exactly. And I would say for, for me, um, you know, something I try and do uh, it, that doesn't work every day, but I, I, I every every morning I try and wake up. I call it like the, 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 the gratitude challenge where I'll wake up and right away think of three things I'm grateful for. So Good. like it could be like the sun's out. I woke up on time and I'm about to have a great breakfast. And, yeah. and it, it's hard to be stressed when you're grateful. You know, you're kind of like, right. OK, like I'm going to go into my day. It might be wild, but like. At least I'm starting grateful. And then when you're about to go to bed, again, three things from the day that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. So, like, every day, six intentional grateful things. It it really helps, and it kind of reframes your mindset to be a little more positive and know that, like, there's always going to be something, right? And some days it may not work, but if you really commit to it, it's it's really helpful. So, I, you know, and it's like it takes it takes about 30 seconds yeah. when you wake up and when you go to bed. Um, so that's Excellent. one thing that centers me. Uh, exercise mm-hmm. another one for
2: me, too. I yeah. love going to the gym. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus exercising you're releasing natural endorphins which is automatically making you happier right. hey, mm-hmm. natural medication on your body. It's already in there. Exactly. So, exactly. Wow. It's amazing what going to the gym just for a workout, just mm-hmm. for thirty minutes. Or even just going outside for a walk, getting outside, moving yeah, your go body, outside right. moving your body. You yeah. don't have to go and you know deadlift four hundred pounds. You can right. go yeah. for go for a stroll with your dog. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk around the house. Do something. Get yourself outside. Get right. your body moving. Right. And that's that's what helps me a lot too, doing That's that. great. And I like yeah. to use that gratitude because a lot of people Take things for granted, right?
1: Oh, that all is the very time, true. yeah, constantly. I feel and like even I'm, little things, like yeah.
2: the roof over your head, right? Like I've, I woke up this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm not sick. I have the air in my lungs. I'm able to you know, have a car that takes me to a job that mm-hmm. pays me money. Like those, there's three grateful things right there. Yeah, yeah that's that's it. it's done. Yeah, have had a great day. I've got it. You have clean drinking water. You have it better than a whole bunch of people <laughs> right. around the world. So right,
0: no
1: question. Be thankful for what you have.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we are grateful for having you. Yes, I'm here grateful on for the being show. You. Thank, Thank you. Guys. you. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that there's a lot of networking involved in in getting you know, uh, getting the business going and everything yeah. like that. If they want to get in touch with you, if people want to get involved with what you're doing, how's the, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
2: Uh, me personally, you can find me across every social media. No matter what, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. <laughs> I'm just Riggs Radio. Okay. Um, and our company is Hearthead Helps. Uh, Hearthead Helps is the website. Hearthead awesome. is the company. Mm-hmm. Heartheadhelps.com, the website. We're Hearthead Helps on Instagram and Twitter and things like that. But Excellent. Uh, we're getting all of our ducks in a row, and we'll be out. Um, we're sponsoring the Out of the Darkness Walk in Great. Milwaukee, Great. Milwaukee this year. When right. it, When is that walk? That's October the 10th. Great. We're one of the okay. first sponsors. I'm excited that we awesome. were able to do that first Little investment. I, I invested yeah. money in myself, which is another thing that could be a whole 100%. other podcast. Yeah, right. Investing in yourself—that's exactly. what I've done—is yeah. saved up this money and now I'm putting it into this business. Oh. Yeah,
1: we'll have to October tenth. I'll have that marked down in my calendar too. Investing
2: so. in yourself—that's right. Here's like how it. to do
1: it. One oh one. No, it doesn't great.
2: have to be monetarily either. It
0: can be anyway. Right. So yeah,
1: just time too. Right, yeah. it's important. Self care. Yep. Yeah, yeah, well, and awesome. we, uh, yeah,
0: and yeah. we, we, thank everybody for taking the time and investing it in in the show and right. the podcast as well. Yes. Uh, if you do want to follow us as well, you can do that over at Hustlin' Sideways on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We are all over the place there, too. Yes. Rich. Follow away. Thank you so much for, for being here. Thank, thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Appreciate so, it. Jim, thank you again. Alan, as always, thank you. We would We've like been to been thank each other. Trying you know, to make it a point yeah. to thank each other for doing Thank this. you. <laughs> thank you. <Yeah>. <laughs> Who <laughs> no, does the editing? Thank. thank that person. Yeah. 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 Also, Alan, <laughs> thank you. I
1: just show up and say a couple words. Alan there takes go. it from there. <laughs> Let's be totally real here. <laughs> and,
0: and we thank you guys for listening as well. So we will see you next time on the Hustling Sideways podcast. Keep on hustling.